Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Reminder that our program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one-time basis at support.greatdetectives.net or become one of our regular Patreon supporters at patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for our look into the private files of Rex Saunders. The original air date, June the 6th, 1951. And the title is The Plan in the Killer's Mind. Rex Harrison stars in another intriguing adventure transcribed from the private files of Rex Saunders. Concerning fortune-telling, the lines in the palm of a victim's hand are never as accurate as the plan in the killer's mind. And now, the private files of Rex Saunders. RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television, brings you the celebrated star of stage and screen, Rex Harrison, in another exciting story taken from the private files of Rex Saunders, radio's newest man of mystery. We hope you enjoy these weekly stories of intrigue and adventure, and for another adventure in home entertainment, we suggest you try RCA Victor's fine line of radio and television products, now on display at your RCA Victor dealer. Now for our story. It was a typical bright spring morning. I was out for a canter in the park. As my horse jogged along the bridle path, I remember thinking to myself that nothing could possibly mar the warm peace of the spring morning. It was a comforting thought. But as usual, I turned in my saddle. The horse she was riding came dashing down the path at a wild gallop. I could see her straining tight at the reins, but the animal was speeding on unchecked. She passed me in a cloud of dust. Quickly, I spurred my mount into a gallop and started after her. Followed along the winding path. I pushed my horse on faster and faster. I was gaining. Gradually, the gap between closed. Then, as we sped round a bend in the path, I pulled up alongside the runaway horse, reached out, grabbed the curb rein. Camping animal balked for a while and then gave in. Came to a stop. I dismounted. My body lay limp in the saddle. Lifted her down easily. And as I carried her across the bridle path towards the grass, I looked down at her. That Prince Charming to the rescue feeling came over me. And then the sleeping beauty in my arms broke the spell. You can put me down now. What? Put me down, please. Are you sure you're all right? I'm all right. Oh, very well. There you are. Thank you. 
May I suggest that next time you go out for a ride, you pick a less spirited horse? This animal and you don't appear to see eye to eye. Raven's all right. Raven? Oh, you two know each other well. Why shouldn't we? He's my horse. Does he usually take you for such an exciting run? I had him under control all the time. Frankly, it didn't look that way. It was an act. The whole thing was an act. Really? I wanted to get your attention. You certainly did. But why mine? Well, you're Rex Saunders, aren't you? Hmm? I found out from one of the stable hands that you ride here on Saturday mornings. Mr. Saunders, I had to speak to you. The telephone is a far less dramatic means than the one you employed. This is not a joking matter. I need your help desperately. You don't look very desperate. You don't understand. That young lady is a gross understatement. I did this so I could speak to you alone, so no one would find out. I thought this would be the... Well, we're alone. What do you want to speak to me about, Miss... uh... Please, don't ask me my name. Oh, one of those things. I'll tell you everything after you do what I ask. I'll get in touch with you and tell you where to bring it to me. Bring what? The package you're going to pick up for me. What makes you think that I'm going to pick up a package for you? You've got to. I'll pay you anything. I'm not in this game for money, or haven't you heard? Then do it because I need you to. Everything's at stake. You can trust me. Believe me, you can. Mr. Saunders, will you help me? You're very pretty. Mystery becomes your type. Will you? I'll think about it. There isn't much time. You've got to be there by two this afternoon. Where? Kramer's Museum. It's a penny arcade on 42nd Street. There's a sideshow downstairs. Yes, I know about Kramer. You're to be downstairs by two. There's a woman by the name of Zara. She has a telepathy act. Zara will speak to you. And I take it this Zara person will tell me what's on my mind. You'll write the initials L.A. on one of the cards they pass out to the crowd. Zara will tell you the initials stand for Los Angeles. That will be the signal for you two to get together. Then Zara will give you further directions. Is that clear? About as clear as the finer points of the relativity theory. After you get the package, I'll get in touch with you and explain everything. Now, don't forget you write the initials L.A. on the card they give. Hello. Don't say anything, Mr. Saunders. Don't mention a word I told you. Carol! Who's he? Please, please, don't say a word. You mustn't tell him anything. Carol! What are you doing here? I went for a ride, Albert. You were told not to. It was forbidden. You were not to leave your room under any circumstances. I'm sorry, Albert. I just had to get out. I just had to... Who is this man? He was helping me. What do you mean, helping you? The young lady's horse was out of control. Raven, something was wrong with him, Albert. I managed to stop him. The gentleman was very kind. I see all right, Carol. Get back on Raven. We're going home. Yes, Albert. Now, if there's any way I can repay you for your help... Not at all. I'm glad to be of assistance. Oh, thank you. Heaven knows what would have happened to Carol if I hadn't found her. You, uh... You probably noticed that my wife talked peculiarly. Your wife? Yes. She's under a doctor's care. Carol seems to imagine things. She was induced by shock. The doctor says with the proper rest and treatment, she'll be all right. In time. I phoned Alec and had him meet me at the Kramer's Museum. The street floor of the museum was the usual penny arcade with the usual variety of coin machines that ranged from hand-grip testers to one-minute views of flickering Maxenic bathing beauties. In the rear of the arcade was the usual shooting gallery. And Alec, as usual, was concerned. Sometimes I don't understand you at all. What is it this time, Alec? Why do we bother coming here to this place? You told me yourself that the woman's husband said she just wasn't right. So he did. Well, that fantastic story she told you about getting information here about a package. 
What package? She didn't say. That's just what I mean. It doesn't make any sense. That sign over there does. Huh? That placard, you're right. See Zara, the mental marvel, in the Hall of Wonders downstairs. Next performance at 2 p.m. You see, Alec? There might be some sense to this excursion of ours, after all. That still doesn't prove anything. No, but just the same, I'm anxious to see if Zara and I have some thoughts in common. We moved with the crowd to the front of the platform, where the silver letters on the black curtain spelled out, Zara... The mental marvel. Now we present Zara, the Wonder Woman, who reads your mind. The little lady who knows your every thought. I see the gentleman has collected the cards upon which you have written your questions. Now Zara, the mental marvel, will astound you with her ability to delve into the recesses of your inner mind. If she were able to delve, prefer to be safe and at home rather here. than here. And cry, Alec. Part upon which is written the initials L.A. That's yours. Mm -hmm. The person who wrote these initials wishes me to answer a question in relation to a city. Will the person who wrote the initials speak up, please? I wrote the initials. Thank you. Am I correct? So far. The gentleman wishes some information about the city of Los Angeles. Am I right? You're quite right. Uh, the gentleman the... desires to know if a trip he plans will meet with success. Will he find what he seeks? Well, will I? I can only see that the gentleman is headed in the right direction. The rest is not clear yet. If the gentleman will remain for a moment after my performance, I shall be happy to discuss the matter with him. All right, I'll wait. After her performance, Zara disappeared behind the black curtain which hung over her platform. While Alec and I waited for her to reappear, I noticed a woman come out of the side door at the far end of the room. She moved quickly through the sparse crowd and then hurried up the stairs that led to the street. The fast-moving woman was Zara. Alec and I set out after her. She deliberately tried to give us a slip. So it seems, Alec. Now I'm more puzzled than ever. Well, we'll see what Zara can do to clear up your bewilderment. Come on, let's hurry before we lose her in the crowd. Just a moment. What? I believe we have an appointment back at Kramer's Museum. Oh, oh, it's you. The young lady seems to specialize in disappearing acts as well as mental magic. I had to get out of there. I saw him in the crowd. I couldn't talk to you there. He would have found out. He may be following me now. Please, let me go. I'll meet you later. Any place you say, I'll, I'll tell you when to make it to pick up them. You'll tell me now. You tell me everything I want to know right now. I just had about enough of this. Look, he's there behind you. It won't work this time, Zara. Stop it, for heaven's sake. Please. Don't try to move. You will be at the hospital in a few moments. I heard what the doctor said. Not a chance. I heard him. I've got to tell you this. I saw him. There was ace. He did this to me. I was rotten of him to do a thing like this to me. I was trying to help her, that's all. Ace isn't the kind to help anybody. We'll find him, Zara, I promise you. Yeah, sure. About the package. You get it to her, won't you? Where is it? It's in my room. Hotel Maxton. It's, it's there in my... Alex. Yes, I... Tell the driver never mind the hospital. Tell him to head for the morgue. 
Zara is dead. Here's the smartest graduation gift of them all, the sleek, sophisticated Victrola 45 personal phonograph. It's a gift that keeps on giving, the gift that's practical. You can slip your fingers through the convenient carrying handle and take it with you wherever you go. Then, too, the Victrola 45 personal was especially designed for RCA Victor's wide selection of handy 7-inch non-breakable records. Records that can play as long as ordinary 10 or 12 inches, but last so much longer. And since all the major record companies are now recording on 45, you can be sure of enjoying all your favorite music, all your favorite stars on the RCA Victor personal phonograph. And here's an easy way to buy it. Just ask for the RCA Victor 45EY3. Better write it down. The 45EY3 for the Victrola 45 personal phonograph by name. The RCA Victor 45EY3. After I explained my part in the matter homicide, Alec and I went to the murdered woman's room at the Hotel Maxton. We hurriedly looked through Zara's effects for the mysterious package. Nothing of importance in the closet, Rex. All right, try the bed. Maybe hidden in the mattress. Right. Alec, you, you found it? No. But this newspaper clipping. Look at the picture above the story. Why, that's Zara and some man. This clipping is from a Chicago paper dated June 2nd, 1937. Listen to what the caption under the photograph has to say. Shown above are Harry Collins and his wife, Rita, who were sentenced yesterday to a five-year term for a $15,000 jewel theft. Also sentenced, but to a lesser term, was Anne Vincent, sister of Mrs. Collins. Well. And here's something else that'll interest you, Alec. It's in the body of the story. Harry Collins, a notorious jewel thief of long standing, is intimately known as Ace. Zara. She said Ace. She said she saw him fire the shots. It was her own husband who killed her. Yes. But why? Well, evidently because uh, he knew she was about to turn over the package to us. But what could be in the package? The rest of this newspaper story makes that rather obvious. According to the account, Rita Collins, or Zara as we now know her, worked a fortune-telling racket in Chicago for the sole purpose of obtaining information from unsuspecting clients. Information regarding to the location of valuables. And that simplified Ace's second story work. Exactly. Then the package in question must... Ace and Zara were back in business at the old stand. Now, let's get back to our search. Try the bed, as I told you. Mm. In the meantime, I'll finish up going through this chest. You're still looking for something? Rex. Go ahead. Keep looking. Don't let this 45 I'm holding bother you. Well, how did you get in here? Maybe I should have knocked, huh? I believe Emily Post lists that as the acceptable manner of entrance. What are you doing in here? Well, believe it or not, we're the new porters, just tidying up the place a bit. So you're a funny man, huh? Well, it helps make these trying situations more possible. Well, look, funny man. Maybe this will make you laugh on the other side of your face. You and that character there headed for a fast trip. 
The police headquarters. Police headquarters? You heard it straight. The dame that lived here was knocked off this afternoon. No one knows that better than we do. And for your information, this is Rex Saunders. What? Saunders. Mr. Rex Saunders. Saunders? Well, why didn't you say so? And that gun you're holding didn't appear to invite introduction. Oh, that. Guess I better put it away, huh? Well, my name's Braden Saunders, Carl Braden. I guess you're kind of wondering what I'm doing here, huh? Hmm, in the fashion. Sure, I guess I can't blame you. Well, I'm with the Acme Insurance Company. I'm a special investigator for their claims division. I've been trying to track down a diamond necklace that was stolen a couple of weeks ago. I had my eye on that Zara dame. She and that husband of hers, Ace Collins, were mixed up in a job like this out in Chicago about ten years ago. We know about the Chicago affair, Braden. Well, when I spotted you two coming into the hotel and going to Zara's room here, I figured you might be in on the deal, so I walked in. Guess the joke's on me, huh? Oh, I don't know, Braden. Looks to me like the joke's on all of us. I had reason to believe that a parcel of stolen valuables, probably your missing necklace, including among them, was hidden someplace in this room. But Alec and I covered every inch of it. No luck, huh? None so far. Well, I guess it looks like Acme's going to have to pay that 20000 to Albert Stevens' wife. Albert? That's right, Albert Stevens. And Mrs. Stevens' name is Carol. Yeah, Carol. A lot of help that dame's been to me. After the ice was, it goes into a mental tailspin. Nothing she says makes any sense. Alec, you stay here with Braden. I suggest you two give this place another going over. Maybe we missed a spot or two. In the meanwhile, I'm going to see a woman about a horse. I phoned Carol Stevens and told her I was on my way to her house to have a talk. She pleaded with me not to come to the house. I let her have her way. I was to park my car across the street from the Stevens place. She was to come out at ten. I sat in the car waiting. And then the door opened. I'm sorry I'm late, Mr. Saunders. I had to be sure Albert didn't see me come out. Where's your husband now, Mrs. Stevens? He's in the library. Well, come on, get in. We're going to have that talk I mentioned. But there's nothing to talk about. Would you rather I discuss the matter in Mr. Stevens' presence? All right. But please, I can't stay long. If Albert finds out... I'll be as brief as possible. Mrs. Stevens, why did you want me to pick up that package? And what was in it? Package? I don't know what you're talking about. You know very well what I'm talking about. Mr. Saunders, I've been sick. Sometimes I say things that don't seem to have any reason. I don't remember what I told you this morning. My head is it's going round and round. Oh, you can drop that pose. There's nothing wrong with you. You're hiding behind a cloak of illness to avoid speaking the truth. I'll tell you what's on your mind. It's a necklace. What? A $20,000 necklace which was stolen. Your necklace, Mrs. Stevens. You were trying to get it back. Zara was probably selling it back to you. No. You didn't want your husband to find out about it. Why, I don't know. You selected me as the go-between. I was to get it from Zara and then bring it to you. And no questions asked. Isn't that it, Mrs. Stevens? Isn't it? No. No, I, I don't understand what you're talking about. Well, you... The matter's gone further than mere robbery, much further. There's been a murder. What? Zara's dead. Zara? She was murdered this afternoon by her husband, Ace Collins. No. Oh, she couldn't be. Zara's not dead. She couldn't be dead. You seem concerned. All right, Mr. Saunders, I'll, I'll talk. I'll tell you everything. Why this sudden change? Why? 
Zara was my sister. That's why. And this is Mrs. Stevens' story as she told it to me, Alec. She was implicated in the Chicago robbery ten years ago with her sister and Ace Collins. Carol proved that she was used as an innocent foil and the court let her off with a light sentence. And then she came east, changed her name, and married Albert Stevens. But what about her stolen necklace? I was just coming to that. Evidently, Ace found out that Carol had turned up here and pulled the robbery. Carol feigned illness, so she wouldn't be asked questions, questions that might lead to her real identity. I see. And when her sister Zara found out that Ace had stolen the necklace, she made an effort to get it back to Carol. That's about it. Mm. But Zara was murdered by Ace for her attempt to help Carol. Hello? Rex Saunders? Yes? This is Albert Stevens. Carol has told me everything about what she was, about the necklace, about you, everything. I told her it was much better that way. I knew you'd understand. May I speak to her, please? I beg your pardon? May I speak to Carol? What makes you think your wife is here, Mr. Stevens? There was a phone call about an hour ago. She said it was you. She told me you wanted to see her. I didn't call your wife, Mr. Stevens. But... Wait, Mr. Saunders. What is it? There's a note here on the pad next to the phone. It's in Carol's handwriting. What does the note say? Pier 37. Pier 37. I'd better get down there right away. Carol may be in trouble. No, Mr. Stevens, you stay at home. I'll go down there and handle matters. I'll call you if you're needed. <laughs> Keep walking. Huh? You like I tell you, Saunders, just keep walking to the river. The voice doesn't sound familiar. How does your face look, huh? It's familiar. Ace Collins. Where's Mrs. Stevens? In the river. Where you going? She had a big mouth like a sister's. I closed them both up for good. Now it's your turn. All right, hold it. Take a look down there at the water, Saunders. That's what you're going to take a dive into. And you're going to sink fast, because I'm going to load you down with a bag full of lead. So long, Saunders. Now you take that dive. Back to the climax of our story in a moment. It's just six inches high. It weighs only three and a half pounds. It's no larger than an average-sized book. Yes, RCA Victor's exciting new portable radio, the personal, is so neat and compact, you can tuck it under your arm and take it with you anywhere. Yet, in spite of its small size, the RCA Victor personal gives you enough tone and volume to fill up a large room. And at the beach... The personal is the finest portable radio under the sun. Powerful RCA Victor miniature tubes and a new built-in aerial, the first of its kind, delivering unbelievably fine performance all the time. So keep the RCA Victor personal close at hand. And it's the ideal gift for the graduate or June bride. RCA Victor's handy, lightweight, little portable radio, the personal. See it. Hear it. 
and ask for the RCA Victor Personal. Dragboat just came in. They found Mrs. Stevens' body under the pier. Horrible. And you might have been at the bottom of the river, too, if not for a stroke of sheer luck. Mm, Braden's entrance on the scene was not luck, Alec. It was nothing short of a miracle. I guess it was good that I got ace in time, huh? How could you ever happen to be down here at the waterfront? Well, like I told Saunders, I called the Stevens' house. Mr. Stevens said Saunders was down here hunting for his wife, and so I came on down to lend a hand. Just when I got here, I see Ace and Saunders over near the edge of the pier, and I see Ace's gun flash in the moonlight. I figured what was up. So I let Ace have it. He goes into the river. Well, Braden, as they say, one good turn deserves another. I'm going to repay you for what you've done. Well, Saunders, it's all in the day's work. Maybe you can help me out of a spot sometime. I think I can help you out of a spot right now. Alec? Yes? Did you bring it with you? Oh, I did. Here it is. What's this? That package is yours. I don't get it. Well, go ahead. Open it. What's this supposed to be? Some kind of a gift? Hey. Well? It's the necklace. The Stevens necklace. That's right. Where'd you find it? In Zara's room at the Hotel Maxton. What? Well, you said it wasn't there. You said you covered every inch of that room. I found it in the drawer just before you walked in, Braden. I managed to slip it inside my coat before I turned around. At that time, I wasn't taking chances. I wasn't trusting anyone. You couldn't blame me, could you? No, I guess I couldn't. But you certainly proved yourself. There's no doubt in mind where you stand. Well, Braden, I suppose that about winds the matter up. I guess it does at that. Except, of course, for a few minor details. How do you mean? Well, first, there's the matter of that uh, necklace you're holding. What about it? It's paste. Huh? A rather clever copy of the original, which, by the way, Alec has deposited for safekeeping. In the vault of our bank. This? This one's a fake? Yes, Braden. It's about as fake as you are. What? I was on to you quite a long way back. Well, what, are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? Murders. Three of them. What's the matter with you, Saunders? Are you crazy? I saved your life. Ace was going to kill you. I got him in time. You saw it yourself. You'd be a dead duck if it wasn't for me. Saving me was part of a scheme to legally do away with Ace. As I told you before, there's no doubt in my mind where you stand. Buck Saunders, will you cut this gag out? The joke's a joke. You placed the suspicion squarely on yourself when we first met in Zara's room. At that time, you mentioned Zara's murder. It's rather unusual that you should have been aware of that fact since I'd reported it to homicide only 15 minutes earlier. What about the wire from Chicago in reply to your inquiry? Now, just getting to that, Alec. Ten years ago, Braden, you were on another stolen jewel case. You recovered the jewels by paying an underworld contact. Unfortunately, that case backfired and Collins and his wife were picked up by the police later. Carol Stevens pretended mental illness because you were on the case. She was afraid to talk because you knew of her past. She told me everything except about you. I don't know why. You had Mrs. Stevens killed because with her sister's death, you were no longer certain that she would remain silent. Though you made sure of her silence. No comments from Braden. I take it you were accurate in every detail. Is that all, Rex? Just about, except for one thing. What's that? It won't take a mental marvel to grasp the unhappy thoughts which from now on will lie heavy in the recesses of Braden's in. 
a moment, Rex Harrison will return to tell you about next week's story. First, an invitation from RCA Victor. Next chance you get, drop into your dealers and look over the wide variety of RCA Victor home instruments designed to bring you the very finest in home entertainment. We know you'll find just the right instrument for family fun at a price that will fit your family budget. Fine instruments with world-famous RCA Victor quality built into every feature and detail. See them tomorrow at your RCA Victor dealer. Here is Rex Harrison, internationally famous star of stage and screen, to tell you about next week's adventure, transcribed from the private files of Rex Saunders. Next week, it's concerning political corruption. Concerning political corruption. When bullets are exchanged for ballots, a trip to the death house is the usual upshot. You have been listening to another intriguing adventure transcribed from the private files of Rex Saunders, written by Ed Adamson. In the cast were Leon Janney as Alec and Barbara Weeks as Carol. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is Kenneth Banghart speaking for RCA Victor. This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series. Oh, and a man's wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Welcome back. Well, Acme Insurance. That kind of sounds like the people that would be uh, covering Wally Coyote. Overall, uh, another really good episode. I think that uh, Rex Saunders, there's really a very strong, intricate sense of uh, mystery. In some ways, reminiscent of The Saint, though not, not quite as good. All right, well, that'll actually be all for today. Join us back here tomorrow... For Richard Diamond, and next Tuesday, another look into the private files of Rex Saunders. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. Become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. But from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.